Hi, and welcome to this episode of Our Fabulous Kid. I'm your host, Shereen Williams, licensed speech and language pathologist, homeschooling mom of two of the cutest little kids, and wife of one. I am here to answer all your speech, language, play, developmental questions, and everything else that falls in between. Welcome to this episode. We have a fun, fun, fun show lined up for you guys today. And as always, it's an honor and a privilege to be here. So you guys, if you have not done so, if you have not taken the time, please rate us. Remember, this show is for you guys. It's to tool you world changers up. And I want to make sure I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And if I'm on the right track, and if there's something that you guys feel that I should be including, that I should be answering, that I should be tailoring to fit you guys' needs, please don't hesitate to ask, to let me know. You can always do that at questions that I've got this kid.com or you can go to whatever your favorite podcast station is and rate us. Also, it's so exciting. It's, it's just exciting and wonderful. Today, the big reveal. Oh, you can get a copy of my free ebook, Maintaining a Healthy You. All you got to do, click on the show notes at the end of the show, get yourself a free copy, check it out. It is a nice little quick read for new parents, new moms, new dads who are really just trying to keep it together to figure out what are some things that they can do to maintain a healthier lifestyle as this big adjustment takes place in life. And I've been there before, so I know what it was like. And so I wanted to give you guys some practical tips that worked for me and some wisdom that I learned along the years. And so again, it's a nice little quick read for you guys to tool you up in a very special way, because again, we can't be healthy for anybody else unless we're good to ourselves. And so let's make sure that we're trying to maintain that. And finally, finally, we have a lot of amazing things lined up. My team and I, we've been working hard, putting together webinars, um, just getting stuff together to take things to the next level. And also for me to be more interactive with you and to have a special space with you. And so the first webinar series will be coming out probably early January. There'll be more buzz about it. Signups will probably take place in December and it will be about steps to intentional parenting. And it's going to be a four-part webinar and it's going to be practical and hands-on. There's going to be homework. There's going to be community. It's going to be all kinds of great stuff for you guys so we can get ourselves together. Now, remember, An intentional parent doesn't mean they do everything right. It means that we tool ourselves up the best way that we know how and get the most information out there, shape it for our lives, shape it to make our world and our sugar's world work. And then we we put it into action. And so this webinar is designed for you. I will continue to give you guys more information as things move along, but I had to put it out there. I had to let you guys know first. And so you know what? Hey, I'm ready to get into things. I'm totally ready to get into things because today we're going to be talking emotional regulation. And for some of you world changers out there, you might be like, what are you talking about? Well, hey, you're going to find out today. Other world changers, you might be like, yep. Yep. Know what that is. (laughs) So you might be on on any side to where you know what it is or you don't. But by the end of this episode, you will. Okay, y'all. So let's get right into things. Emotional regulation. What is it? 
I mean, in in my world, speech and language pathology, emotional regulation falls under language, which falls under pragmatics is my fancy word for social skills, not my fancy word. I did not coin that. But it is a fancy word for social skills. Pragmatics is a fancy word for social skills. And social skills is how we relate to the world around us. And so with emotional regulation, it's like our ability to cope with the unexpected. Life brings us unexpected events, unexpected circumstances, unexpected things every single day. And unless it's a traumatic event, Usually we're able to kind of like cope with it, deal and move on. If it's a big thing, obviously it's going to take a little bit more to kind of reset. And that doesn't mean that there's not emotions attached to it. It just means how we deal with it, right? The unexpected stuff that wasn't in our control. There's a lot of that going on right now, but emotional regulation and how we deal with ourselves helps us kind of keep calm, keep that filter in check without completely falling apart every time someone pops our balloon. And so what I like to think about it is, it's the difference between, let's say, for example, my ice cream fell on the ground. And I think to myself, well, I can either sit here and cry and watch it, or I can get up and go to the stand and ask for a replacement and see if they're gracious enough to give me one. Or it's watching that same piece of ice cream fall down off of the cone and just completely melt down, fall apart, inconsolable. It's a situation at hand. And so we all have been in those moments to where we've like hit 10 and something happens to where it takes us to 10 and we'll show feelings of just anger and fear and anxiety or whatever it is that comes along with it. And so what happens with people who have difficulties, our little sugars in particular, because we're going to we're going to take it from here and bring it down here back to our sugars, is that what happens is they can't quite get control. Um. They may become inconsolable. They may become labile. They may become mad, angry, throwing things, tantruming, all of those things. Much different than, you know, a little sugar who's pushing the limits. Emotional regulation or emotional dysregulation, the inability to really cope with life, it, it almost puts them in a position to where they can't handle things that seem almost trivial versus the child who's just kind of, you know, testing their limits. Uh, this little sugar on this side may have a really hard time pulling it together. And so the funny thing about emotional dysregulation, because now we're talking about the inability to control emotion when life happens, when the unexpected happens, right? It shows up when sugars are pretty young. And you'll often hear world changers, parents out there say, oh, my gosh, they're either bad. Oh, my gosh, they're stubborn. Oh, my gosh, they're inflexible. Oh, my gosh, I'm walking on eggshells because I don't know 
when they're going to blow up. And now I have to like do all these things to kind of tailor the world around them to make sure that things stay pretty even. And so it shows up in our little, little sugars. Why? Who watched the Milestone series? Raise your hand. (laughs) If you watch the Milestone series, then you heard me talk a lot about social skills, the development of social skills, because it happens when they're toddlers. And so it makes sense for emotional dysregulation to show up when the sugars are little sugars, when they're supposed to be gaining these skills. And so anywhere between 18 to 30 months is when it's really prevalent because that's when sugars are kind of tasked with learning how to be more flexible and invite others into their world and do all kinds of things. The world is opening up. And so if little sugar has a hard time dealing with the unexpected, because at that point, everything's unexpected, then you might see a little bit more of a meltdown case and you'll just see their little bodies melting and you'll see like the shoulders tense up. And I've seen it a million times in my office to where the shoulders tense up and you just see them go from like normal to this or, you know, normal to tantrum or normal to throw or normal to, you know, like there's little there's little signs and hints that you can see before the big explosion comes. And so it shows up most I've seen over the years when play is interrupted. And what that looks like is little sugar's playing and maybe either you or a peer or a sibling may walk up and either touch, interrupt their play or do something during play that they don't like. And instead of them telling you the erratic, now, they just melt on you and fall apart and become mad or destroy the activity or throw the activity Like something explosive usually happens in those moments. Or if you were playing side by side with Little Sugar and they didn't like what you did during that play, they might explode or show they are not going to explode, but they might demonstrate explosive behavior during that time. The next area that I see it is when they're asked to share. This is another big one where I've seen it in clinic where sugars are asked to share And it's just, again, fall apart. Why? Because during that toddler time, they're learning my turn, your turn. You have one. I have one. It really shouldn't interrupt the day. It really shouldn't interrupt play. But when there's emotional dysregulation on the scene and it's it's real emotional dysregulation, like not them never really having the ability to learn how to share or, you know, they just kind of like stuff their way, like you can kind of distinguish the difference, especially if there's other kids around or you've been around other kids. You can see the difference there to where it's inflexible, like there's no way that they're going to share with you and you got to do a lot of coercion and it usually doesn't work, but you try your hardest and, and that's what it is. And that's what it looks like during that age. Another time we really see it is when demands are made. Oh, this is big. What's a demand? I'm asking you to do something that you probably don't want to do. And it was unexpected. And it wasn't on my terms. And it wasn't when I wanted to do it. And so you've made this demand on me. So I'm either going to melt down on you or refuse or fall apart or do something do something explosive. And I like to use that word explosive because 
if you think about an explosion, it comes out of nowhere. And that's usually what emotional dysregulation looks like. Like it comes out of nowhere. And after you get kind of like privy to it and you kind of see the pattern, then you can pick up on the pattern. But initially starting off, you're kind of scratching your head like, well, what did I do to make you do or react the way that you did? Like this seems trivial to me, but it's not necessarily trivial to them. And so world changes, don't get discouraged because we're going to talk more about like what we can do. We're not going to get there yet. Not quite yet. Cause I got to break this thing down for you guys. I want to make sure you guys are getting tooled up the right way and understand what this looks like. So you can identify if it's happening in your home or if you see it happening in another world changers home and you want to help tool them up. Another area that it happens is during transitions, going from one thing to the next. Putting on your shoes, time to go. Drop off and pick up to school. Ooh, drop off and pick up to school is a biggie. All the sugars. When it's emotional dysregulation, it's a hard time. Wrapping my mind around leaving my mommy and daddy and all those amazing things at home and going to school where I have to have nothing but demands made on me. Oh, I don't want to do it. And so you might see them fall apart a little bit during these times. I've even heard of little sugars up to six weeks, just meltdown mania. Every time it was drop off and pick up because it took them time to get used to, I have to go from this to this. It's going to be unexpected, but it just takes time. And it depends on the level of, of severity, right? And finally, finally, this goes back to the transition um, of getting them to go from one thing to the next. Anything that gets them from one thing to the next Changes in schedule, changes in routine. That's a transition in and of itself, but like those changes and stuff to where maybe I got up at 6 a.m. this day and then it was 8 a.m. and it wasn't the same, or, you know, maybe I have a new classroom teacher and things are much different. That's when I hear reports of more of the explosive behavior to where all of a sudden it's like, boom, they're falling apart all the time because they don't quite know how to deal with or they're demonstrating other behaviors that are just like, whoa, why is this happening? What in the world? Maybe it's the terrible twos. It's not the terrible twos, not in these cases. But I want us to all see and know and relate to like, is this happening with me or somebody I know? So why do they do this? I have to reemphasize this because, again, it has to do with not having control over the situation control over their world, control over the things around them. And it produces fear and anxiety and anger and sometimes even sadness. And, you know, sometimes sadness and anger can go hand in hand, but that's not my lane. I'm going to leave that to the the psych field. All right, (laughs) y'all. So what are some signs of emotional dysregulation? And now you notice we've shifted the language. We're no longer talking emotional regulation because that's for people who know how to deal with when things go wrong. We're shifting it now and saying emotional dysregulation, the inability to cope with unexpected circumstances. So this is when you'll see it. Exhibiting emotions, too intense for a situation. It's like, why did you just blow up over that? Over that? Like, you really just blew up over me touching your puzzle piece. Did you really just blow up because I gave you strawberry yogurt instead of blueberry? 
Did you really just blow up because your favorite little fish isn't in the bathtub for you to play with? That's when you see it. Difficulties calming down when upset. Oh my gosh, inconsolable. Mom is trying to hug. They're, you know, going crazy body all over mom and flipping out all over mom. If you're watching on YouTube, then you'll see my body going crazy. <laughs> you, you'll see them like just not being consolable. And again, it might be over something as little as that same touching the puzzle piece or over something as simple as not giving them the food that they wanted or the toy that they wanted or that item that they were looking for or taking something away. Again, all of those examples that I gave you before to where it's like, you're really, you're really melting down on me over this, like right now over this. This doesn't even seem worthwhile, but to them it is. Another sign is difficulty decreasing negative emotion. And you guys have probably, if you're not living with someone who has difficulties with regulating their emotions, but you've probably seen it in public and didn't even know and was given like the parent, the side eye. That's <laughs> what I like to call it, the side eye. <laughs> but that's when you see like this little sugar just falling apart in the store or falling apart. And I mean, maybe stuff is starting to like get tossed and thrown and they're just, you know, going at it and they're just getting like, it's, it's almost like they get caught in a loop and they can't get out of that negative emotion or that negative behavior um, attached to it. And you also see them having a really hard time calming down. And I mean, like meltdown to the point of where after that meltdown, they're probably going to go night night because it was that explosive and it took so much out of them that they just couldn't quite find that place to get back in the balance for things to be okay, for the world to be okay around them, for what they couldn't control to be okay. And and you see it to where they just, they can't calm down. Like they can't get over it. Like think about that ice cream scenario and a kiddo who has uh, difficulties with emotional regulation, you might see them like just completely inconsolable in a situation like that because, oh my gosh, I can't even wrap my mind around what just happened and what to do. And it doesn't feel okay. And it's something that's completely out of my control. Like you can't just pick up the ice cream off the ground and eat it. I mean, good luck with that. But from their perspective, it's, it's just too hard to like reel themselves back in. And for things to feel okay and be okay. Another thing that um, that you'd see is like becoming avoidant or aggressive. Again, when dealing with negative emotions. Um, so you might see them getting extremely passive or you might see them getting really aggressive. Or you might see like just again, like from normal to like 10, from zero to 10 really fast based on what's happening around them. And then the final thing that you'll see is, is maybe a little bit more of negative emotions. And what I mean by negative emotions is like, why are you so angry all the time? Why are you so mean? Oh my gosh. And you hear, I've heard world changes come into my office and I'll be like, oh, describe your sugar. How would you describe your sugar? Mean? Uh-oh. <laughs> and then I'll know to start asking the questions to kind of help tool them up and educate them on what's going on. And so some stuff that you might see, some behaviors that you might see during these explosive moments, 
is isolation to where they just don't want to be bothered. Why don't they want to be bothered? Because again, unexpected things happen when other humans come around. That may be mom or dad or sister or play peers, peer partners, whoever it is, kids in the neighborhood and the community, you might see them just kind of go off to themselves and isolate because dealing with the world around them is too much. Throwing things, really good for throwing things. Why? Because it either didn't go the way that I wanted it to go or you interrupted something again. It didn't go the way that I wanted to go. And so I'm just going to just forget it. Everything goes everywhere. Screaming, screaming. And I'm talking about like not just ah being funny and like they do they do it, you do it. I'm talking about like screaming, beat red face, screaming. You know, you can see their ears have turned completely red. That kind of like behavior. Lack of eye contact. Again, it goes back to the unexpected. As soon as I give you eye contact and I look into your eyes, then you will look into my eyes. And then an interaction is going to take place, whether it's verbal or nonverbal. If I don't know what you're going to do, then I'm probably going to do one of these numbers on you. And it literally takes me taking an object and doing like this to my little sugars who have difficulties with emotional regulation to get them to get on the same page as me so they can get comfortable with whatever's about to come their way. Refusing to speak. Again, interaction. I don't want to talk. I have to talk to you. Then something's going to happen. It may or may not be in control. And you might also notice with my little sugars who have emotional dysregulations or difficulties in um, handling their emotions is that they will initiate communication with you and they'll initiate a conversation with you. But if you try to initiate with them and that just simply means come to them, they're going to be like, Mm-hmm. Ignore. That goes back to the isolation. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, if there's an anxious component to it, you might see some rocking, a little bit of rocking, running away, crying, high levels of anxiety. Why are you so anxious? And you see their little shoulders tense up. You almost have to like massage their little bodies just to get them to calm down to meet you where you are. And finally, this is the biggie. The inability to be flexible. Again, remember, toddlers are learning those skills. And when the flexibility is just not being established and it's not there and they're so inflexible that you can't get them from one thing to the next without it being a fight, that is a telltale sign. That is usually a telltale sign. And so world changers, you might want to know at this point, well, who demonstrates this? I've seen just about everything from adults with brain injury, but I specialize with the little sugars, love the little sugars. And I've mainly seen it in sugars who have a diagnosis of ADHD or undiagnosed ADHD or ASD, autism spectrum, attention deficit, hyperactive disorder. But it can also occur in sugars who have bipolar disorder who have borderline personality disorder, who have complex traumatic stress disorder, and also with fetal alcohol syndrome. I've had a few kiddos with um, that diagnosis who also shows difficulties um, um, regulating their emotions. And 
why is this so important, world changers? You might be asking, why are you giving us this information? Because I'm here to answer everything, speech, language, play, development, and all the other stuff that falls in between. But besides that, it's important because a lot of times emotional dysregulation is not really diagnosed or seen or recognized until much later. This is this is the truth. And what happens to our our world changers out there, to our parents who are struggling in these situations, it it really hinders and impacts the bonding. Yes, it does. As little and cute and as yummy as our toddlers smell when they're little, they're just so cute, cute. But what can happen is if there's explosive behavior from sun up to sundown, then it becomes really difficult having that bonding experience, that true bonding experience with our sugar. And then it gets in the way of our ability learning them in a way to where we can push them to purpose and we can change the trajectory. And so this is why you guys are getting educated on this. So we can recalibrate our thinking and then we can advocate for their needs. It's so crucial. It's so crucial. Again, I'm gonna say that again. It is important for us to recognize and understand this stuff so we can become educated, recalibrate our thinking, and then advocate on their behalf to get the stuff that we need to help tool ourselves up and then tool them up and get them together and help as much as we can. But the early signs are there. I've worked in early intervention and served the early intervention population for almost a decade. And I have learned that this, this thing, emotional regulation, for one, it's no joke because again, it can fall on a spectrum. It could be pretty mild, pretty severe. And moderate is even no joke. But we can recognize it early. And there's steps that we can take. There's actions that we can take to help our sugars deal and to help ourselves be able to deal and to cope when we're seeing this happen. Another reason that this is important is because, again, the symptoms of emotional regulation are usually accompanied with another diagnosis. And so this early sign, early signs, early warnings are key in understanding what this is can help tool us up to, again, go through the proper vehicles and channels to get to where we need to go to get our sugars, the stuff that they need in order to, again, be pushed to purpose. And again, I can't overemphasize enough. I tool you guys up on this stuff and I talk about this stuff because not just because we want to push to purpose, but because, again, it goes back to the bonding. There's nothing more precious than becoming a parent to a child. And there's nothing more beautiful than watching that person grow and learning that person and watching that relationship be established. But when there's something there that's causing a rift or a gap, I want to make sure that we can do something about it. And we know what we can do in order to get ourselves to where we need to go. So what can you do? What can you do? Be consistent as possible. Life is going to change. The world around our sugars is going to change. Things sometimes change. But if we can be consistent in certain things, then let's be consistent because it really helps them along. 
coaching them for new situations. I talk about this all the time. Daily schedules, helping them out, getting from one thing to the next. Even if you don't create a physical daily schedule, the verbal reminders. Okay, sugar, we're going to get up. We're going to brush our teeth. Then we're going to do this. Then we're going to do that because it gives them that mental preparation for everything to not be unexpected, to help them along the way. Hey, it's going to be different today. Hey, it's going to be different today. Hey, remember, I reminded you this is going to look like this today. So they can wrap their minds around it and be prepared to be okay for what's to come. Also, providing stability. Not just like a roof over the head and an amazing career or whatever the case, but like stability, emotional stability. Again, download that free ebook because we have to be healthy for that. And if we're not emotionally stable, they're still picking up on our emotions. And as long as they're picking up on our emotions and what we're feeling, they're going to play off of that. And so we have to be emotionally stable and mentally stable and make sure that we're good so we can be good for them. And I know I just went off on a rant, but hey, hey, look, I'm trying to, again, tool us up to get us to where we need to go. Another thing, this one, I'm going to talk about this for a second. Don't react to their behavior. I know they threw the Lego, popped you in the head. They hit you when you were trying to console them. They embarrassed you in the supermarket. They got mad at you. They're mad at the sibling and took all the toys and broke it, broke half the stuff in the house. I, hey, I understand. I get it. But what happens if we trade anger for their anger? If you've ever seen a sugar who has difficulties with regulating their emotions, then you know that as as quick as they go from zero and as quick as they go to 10 is as quick as in most cases, they go right back to zero. And so we as the adult, as the world changer, as the parent, we've got to be the bigger person showing them a lot of grace. I'm not saying what they did was cool in that moment, but I am saying that we need to be in a position to where we are ready and healthy and able to meet them because they're going to come back to us. They are going to come back to us and they're going to expect us to, for it to be over. It was over for them. So they expect it to be over for you. Now, this is out of the mind of a toddler in most cases that they don't always get it. And that's okay. But I want you guys to not trade anger for anger. That doesn't mean that you're not angry. But that's where you have your parenting partner to discuss this stuff with. And you can even say to them, not yelling, not raging mad. I'm mad at you. Don't do that. But a, I didn't like that. I didn't like when you, I didn't like when the toy flew. I didn't like, that's completely fair. We don't do that. You know, we don't throw toys when we're upset. That's not okay. But we reserve like those deeper emotions for our parenting partner and discuss it with them. If we don't have a parenting partner, then we find community. If we have a parenting partner and still need more support, we find support. Where do we find support? In community. Who's the community? Welcome to it. (laughs) Okay? Seriously. Because your sugar is relying on you to still be that model on how to handle when stuff falls apart. They need to know how to model that. But again, If you're demonstrating every time they have a a meltdown moment and you're melting down with them, 
then that reinforces their behavior. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean, and this goes to my next point, that we give into their behavior. We're not walking on eggshells with a little sugar. We're just not going to do it. We're uh, No, we're not going to do it, right? We work hard. This is our little person. We're pushing them to purpose. But at the end of the day, 18 is going to come and life needs to go where it goes. And we're not going to spend 18 years giving in to little sugar because we still need to establish boundaries. We still need to like create foundation. If anything, we need to create a space to where we're saying, hey, I understand you just had this meltdown, but this is how we're going to handle this in the future. And we keep reinforcing and we keep reinforcing and we keep reinforcing. We get support and we keep reinforcing, reinforcing, reinforcing. We also don't shy away from their behavior. We're not going to shy away from it. We're not, again, this is the eggshell mentality. We're not shying away. Life doesn't offer the unexpected. If we haven't learned anything else in 2020 is that life does not offer, it does not hand on a plate, the unexpected. And so for sugars who have difficulties regulating their emotion, guess what they need? More opportunity. They need more time. They need more of these transactions to learn how to deal with it. It always goes back to my worst subject in school analogy. Like whatever your worst subject in school is, guess what you have to do? Work harder, get a tutor, get some help, get some, some support, some support. Same thing for them. They need more opportunity. They need tools. They need you. They need stuff to help them get to where they need to go. And finally, the only way again to overcome is through practice, doing the same thing again and again and again and again. But you also being stable in how you react to their emotions, no matter what it is. So whether that is coercing them through when something goes wrong or if they threw half the toys in the house, then maybe we don't give them access to all the toys and we have them clean it up every time once they've calmed down or we give them the words or we give them whatever it is that they need. We tool them up. We get them to where they need to go. And finally, get community, get support, find community, find support. Find somebody who's been through this before. Find somebody who has a few years experience on you. And that way, their experience, you can learn what worked for them, what didn't, to at least know that, hey, somebody else went through this and you're not alone. So that way, when you get a few years in, you can go and be that help for somebody else who's, who was in your same position, right? Reach one, teach one. And so, world changers, that's all we have for today. I had an amazing time talking emotional regulation. And I know that it is a heavy topic. But again, that's what we're here for. We're here to talk about those taboo subjects, those heavy topics, those, those theories and those myths. Let's debunk those and get down to the real of what's going on. We got to keep getting tooled up so we can be the best us that we could be for our little sugars. If you have any questions about this podcast or any past podcast episodes, send in your questions to questions at I've got this Also, don't forget the free ebook right in the link. Go ahead, click on it, get it, enjoy it. Tell me how you like it. Tell me what I should have added to it. I'm here for you, y'all. And next week, we will be talking sensory processing disorder. And we're going to get into the nitty gritty. It's going to be a lot like today to where we're just going to get into it. And it's going to be an amazing time as always. 
Continue to share. We're not a secret. The stuff that we do is for everyone. So continue to share it. Like, subscribe. And until the next time, world changes, take care.